This episode of the Damage Guild podcast is sponsored by listeners like you. Join the guild at patreon.com slash damage guild to receive exclusive perks, member rewards, and bonus content. Previously on the Damage Guild podcast. Belvera says, I did my best to convince everyone. Those here would be willing to pledge to you until this dragon is slain. No trio of handsome and brave heroes can take all the world's problems on their shoulders. We also could just encourage the mayor to reach out to the king and sate to the dragon in the meantime. I think you've just single-handedly solved this problem, Tokus. Belvera, write your letter to your king. Yeah, immediately. Send your finest cow herds to buy a herd of 20 cows with this 200 gold, bring them to the dragon's cave. Very well. I only hope that the king responds quickly enough. As do we. I put down 20 platinum pieces. You said you would never spend those. I'm not spending them, I'm giving them. Aslo, you wake up in a cold sweat, gasping for air. You feel like something is wrapping its fingers around your neck. You do find Sage's workshop. I am Elmasha. Whether or not I can help you depends on what it is precisely which you seek. We have this map here, and I withdraw the puzzle box map with a flourish, and I say, um, I seem to remember something about this map, perhaps the, uh, the town of Red Hill. I was wondering if you knew anything about this map, where it might be, the history of a town named Red Hill, if, it's, if it is real, even, if it even exists. She looks at the map briefly and says, uh, yes, the hero of Red Hill. This is an old story. I do not hear it frequently nowadays, but it is one which is told in certain regions. Could you give us the Cliff's Notes version of that story? <laughs> I do tend to accept payments for my services. However, this is a simple children's story. Well, then let's get a bunch of children, gather around, and get our money's worth, huh? <laughs> the Hero of Red Hill is a story of someone who lived roughly seven or eight hundred years ago. Red Hill was supposedly a small town in the far west of Merengar, but the geography doesn't match up with any known real-world locations, and as such, I doubt this story is true. Is it possible that the geography was different back then, and it has changed enough over time that it's become unrecognizable? New towns sprouting up, shifting of, of uh, rivers and things like that? It's possible. I've heard a few theories about potential locations for where Red Hill might have been, but in honesty, it never struck me as something particularly important to study, and I never found theories to be very believable anyway. It would have required some rather large cataclysmic changes to the geography in order for it to ring true. If this were a a fictional tale, then where would a map like this have been found? Was it a tale that may have been written, or was it more of a verbal tradition? Um, like in, in other words, in order for somebody to make a map like this based on a story that was purported to be fictional, in what context might a map such as this exist? I have read the story in a few collections of various works of fiction, stories that come from you know the old empire hundreds of years ago, and just collections, and some of them true, some of them fiction, but just a mixture of stories that bards tell, that parents tell their children, that authors decide to write down for whatever reason. I see, and then the next question, naturally, would be, as it relates to the story, where might this map lead? This version of the map seems to cover the entire area in which the story takes place. The hero was born and raised in Red Hill, and he explored the surrounding lands, and she points to a few of the other towns, and eventually culminating in his grand battle at Capital City before returning back home. Okay. So there's not a path on this map where it's obvious that it's a point A to point B type thing, like a treasure map. It's more of just a, here's a bunch of towns around a specific kingdom or area. Yes. Okay. Huh. Okay. All right. Well. Any other questions, Shaba? Mm, no. How about you, Tokus? Any questions? So I think what's peculiar here is, I mean, this doesn't really give us all that much to go on like we were hoping. Yeah. I think we should talk to her and see if there's like a way that we can kind of sweeten the wisdom pot, if you will. <laughs> Do you really think that they disclosed all the information they actually have? I would assume so. I mean, we could try to make insight checks on her, but I, uh, I mean, I don't know. Unless it's like 
there is treasure buried here and she would have some reason to not divulge everything she knows so that she can keep the information to herself and then go dig up the treasure, but I somehow doubt it. Yeah, unless there was some, like, initial reaction, like, oh my goodness, this map, and then she was like, oh yeah, this is just, you know, good story and, uh, you know, no big deal, and then she's gonna go dig up the treasure after. So, unrelated, sometimes I do things despite people giving me sound wisdom. What's that called? Um, an error in judgment. Foolishness? Wait, what did you say? Foolishness? Foolishness, an error in judgment. Oh, foolishness. However... While we're still here, Tokus reaches into his bag, having confirmed, Guys, even though you both told me not to buy it for 20 silver pieces and I slam it on the table, I bought the treasure map. You bought the treasure map. I did buy the treasure map. One hour and three minutes and 49 seconds in. The re-listen pays off. (laughs) How about this map, then? You did, in fact, buy it. Okay. Did you happen to write it on your character sheet? Yeah, it's going on the character sheet. Dude, one other crazy thing that I realized from my re-listen is that we never did anything with those eyes. The, the umber old guys. guys. We just we lost them. didn't write them down, and so we just yep. lost them. Yep, they rolled down a sewer grate somewhere. <laughs> we could still do something with them. I think they probably would have rotted by this point. Not that we would have really been able to do anything with them, but it was a nice thought. Yeah, we're past that point now. We could still do something with them, guys. Well, Thane just said they've rotted by now. Oh, they rotted by now? If we still have them. Oh, no. We, like, are looking around in one of our packs, and we find these rotten Umber Hulk eyes. Like, hey, what are these doing down here? Oh, I forgot I had these. <laughs> Squishing around in there. Because that would be a fun Easter <laughs> yeah. egg for the listeners that are peeved that we never did anything with them. There's got to be somebody that's like, you guys forgot about the Umber Hulk Yep. All right, well, now that you've shown her this other map, let's see what she has to say about it. How about this map? Is this one any better? It's a treasure map. She looks it over. You know, she's taking more interest in this map. Oh. I have not seen this map. However, I could do some research and see if it matches up with any of the maps which I own. Try to locate where this may be. Cool. If you would, of course, be willing to pay me for my time. I was willing to pay you just for the last five minutes, but yeah. I am more than willing to pay you for half time. <laughs> half? Yeah. Why would you not pay her what she's worth? I mean, no, time and a half. <laughs> I'll pay you time and a half. Oh, time and a half. Oh, that's much more generous. <laughs> <laughs> like, we really want you to find this place. Yeah, what's your hourly rate? Yeah, how much do you cost? Fortunately, I am not occupied at the moment, so I am available to do some light research. If you give me a few hours and 15 gold coins... I Whoa. should be able to find something for you. Oh, my, my, my. That is exciting. Dang, five gold an hour. That was like minimum wage for my first job. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. So this, and and first off, I want to say to you, that is very generous. Let me talk to my companions for a second. This is like you know, lawyers or doctors rates. Of- yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, it's, she's got specialized skills. So, guys, this map was 20 pieces. Of silver of silver which um, is two gold but that was back when we had less money mm-hmm. correct b they sounded excited they who's that's prom the the sage she, she sounded excited okay so that already gets me excited because like in other words like we could we could put this to rest whether or not this was a solid or a foolish investment for me all that time ago by investing a, a much larger Additional. lump sum <laughs> yes now here's the thing I know that I paid for the treasure map originally out of my own funds. Could we... Are you guys interested in finding out where this map goes? I am interested, and I also think that you are interested, and I think that if you were capable of paying that full amount yourself, you would, simply for the fact of being able to say, See, guys, I told you so. Right, but I'm not that kind of person, Shala. And I should never listen to you again. No, I think if this treasure map... No, I'm not that kind of a person. I think if this treasure map actually does lead somewhere, then it proves that you should never listen to us again. This treasure map is for us. Okay, this is like a couple's purchase. This is a party purchase. And, and understand, I don't, I'm not asking for the 20 pieces of silver. The 20 pieces of silver is so I can lord it over you that I was right. Mm. But I think that we, as a party, as a team, because we would go fetch the treasure together, split the treasure together, whatever's there, if it actually pans out, we should pay the sage together. I agree. I'll chip in five gold. 
I thank you, Aslo. So will I. I see this as an investment opportunity. Yes, I do as well. Stripey will chip in zero gold because his gold is mine. What's mine is his, and what's his is also his. <laughs> so he's the one chipping in five gold, and you're not paying anything. Exactly. He's like, I already chipped in five. What do you want from me? Five gold from Aslo, and five gold from Tokus. And three gold from Stripey and two gold from Shaba? <laughs> uh, five gold from Stripey, but it's coming from me. I'm giving it to you as though it were mine, but it's actually just Stripey's. I mean, I'm just thankful that Stripey didn't find the map and use it as a chew toy all this time. Well, we better buy a case for it, because yeah. that's likely to happen at some point. I'm sure there's like other random stuff in our various packs that we've just forgotten about over the adventures. Mm. Probably. Toka's like, just, just, because we totally forgot about this map. Let's be honest with our listeners. Like, we did. And I go ahead and give my pack a shakedown, just like in the middle of her hut, her shaman hut or whatever this is, the sage, sage's house. And like, what do I find, Dungeon Master? Do I find anything like that's spoiled or gone bad or anything like pickled or? I don't know. It's your pack. You're the one that's supposed to keep track of what's in it. I mean, you probably have some old bags of sugar that fall out. Mm. <laughs> with, like, the sludge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, the green gook. Along with your vials of poorly preserved Umber Hulk eyes. Wait, what, wait, wait, what do you mean by poorly preserved? Surely Tokus would have preserved those. I mean, you tried, but you can only do so much, and it's not like you carry a full alchemist lab with you. They're kind of pickled, but starting to go bad. Don't Ooh. sages like pickled umbrella guys? <laughs> That's a delicacy. <laughs> Where sages come from? I offer them to the sage as payment. Yeah, right. It's a food that all people of the same profession enjoy. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure Stripey was just popping those things like black olives at one point. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm surprised they're not completely gone already. How valuable were these actually, like, when we first harvested them? I don't even want to know. They're pretty valuable, which is why it's, like, so frustrating that we forgot about totally them. forgot yeah anyway live and learn right and by we we mean me right because they were in my pack see the evidence here technically i'm not blaming you i'm saying technically the way it works is that everybody's responsible for writing down their own items on their character sheet and if you don't do that then the item never came into your possession mm. right Right, like this 20 silver piece treasure map. Right. Exactly. Is there anything we can do with these eyes? Maybe we need to pay her more money so she can give us wisdom about these rotten eyes. I think the eyes are done for. I think that's it. You could probably pawn them off for a few gold, but not what you would have gotten if they were fresh. Oh, man. Let's find an eye seller. That's a thing, right? That's a thing that people do. Eye merchant. Eyeball merchant. Yeah, yeah. eyeball merchant. <laughs> he just has a bunch of formaldehyde <laughs> jars. Like, he opens his coat, and he's like, I'll sell it at a low price, and it's just a bunch of jars of eyes. <laughs> Gross. Of every type of creature. So, other than selling the eyes, now they're rotten. Now they're useless in that way. Aren't those used in, like, really sweet potions? It's a, they, were, they have magical properties, yes. When they're fresh. Right. I mean, someone might be able to still use them for research or preserve them, what's left of them, and get some sort of lesser magic out of them still. I'm going to keep them as a memento. I'm going to keep them in the vials, guys. That's fine. You can't stop me. Okay. You can do that. If you wanted to, you could probably buy something to preserve the what's left of them a little bit nicer so they don't just continue to rot. Uh, yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna do that. Go to a formaldehyde cellar. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go to the, yeah, the local formaldehyde cellar. <laughs> the guy who walks around with a big barrel on his back. Formaldehyde. Get your formaldehyde here. It's fresh. Loved ones pass. Want to preserve their organs? Here you go. Did your pet kitty die want to preserve it in formaldehyde <laughs> oh, that seems like a terrible uh. piss. <laughs> yeah so i go to that guy old larry joe with the barrel of formaldehyde <laughs> i imagine yeah. in like a medieval city like just a huge city there's there's just someone who sells like everything like there's one guy with <laughs> carrying around a massive jar of just like toenail clippings <laughs> get your toenail clippings Dude, if, if they're giant toenails that's valuable and then there's a hair seller it's just like a huge ball that he like pulls hair if you want to buy some hair he just, it's just all different colors Dude, this and is types probably of the grossest episode we've ever done in the history of the show i feel like we've said that before though this town is so bizarre this is taking it to a new level though i'm pretty sure it's just funny that like when we we're looking for like a specific item or material and like we wish that there was somebody who just walked around selling that one that thing. one specific thing that we yeah. need yeah thane's probably going to create an actual like shop 
you find it in a small alchemist shop, and you can get enough of it to preserve your remaining eyes for five gold. Ooh, that's steep just to preserve <laughs> these remaining. I'll do it. I'll do it, guys. I, I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> Chemicals are expensive. Have your eyes fallen out? Do you need a way to preserve them? <laughs> get some fresh formaldehyde here at our stand. Come to the formaldehyde store. <laughs> Come down to your local formaldehyde store. Guys, I just forked out 10 gold just to make items that we had from way earlier in the adventure actually relevant. All right, good. If we'd only we thought to use them sooner. Except, like, not even relevant because they're still yeah, they're rotten. Still no, they still have no usefulness. <laughs> they're still mostly rotten. He, The DM said that they still have some magical properties. All right. Oh. And hey, r- rotten... Eyes are better than no eyes. Mm, that's debatable. <laughs> I don't know if that tracks, really. Uh, they do say that, after all. That's true. Not sure about that one. Well, at least they're a better keepsake now, okay? That's true. All right, so we pay her the 15 gold, and we say, hey, we'll be back in a few hours. We're going to go, I don't know. We'll say it takes us three hours to find some preservatives for the eyeballs, and then we go back and say, hey, what did you find? <laughs> you make it back to Almasha. She greets you as you walk in. Yes. I've searched through my atlases, and I have found one location that seems the most promising for this. I cannot guarantee 100% that this is the location, but I didn't find anything else that matched the the layout so well. Now, it seems that the most likely location for this is in the northern portion of the country of Rothelmeld, which is just north of the Dagger Sea on Ilthrod. Oh. Ilthrod. Wait, Ilthrod. That's the continent you came from. Ilthrod. Ilthrod. Huh. That's a strange and distant place. If you look at the map, it's actually marked now. Ooh. It's at the Mm. southeast portion of the Great Desert. North of the Dagger Sea. Ooh, I don't have it pulled up. Can you make me a screenshot, somebody? Oh, I see it. Yeah, I'll screenshot it for you. I got it right here. I got your screenshot right here. Rothelmeld, okay. It is shaped like a shark tooth. Yeah. The Dagger Sea? Yeah. Like those little shark tooths you got when you were a kid? We thought they were so cool. Someone thought it was shaped like a dagger, so... Are the ones that you found on Shark Island? You can find them. Yeah. There's actually a place down where my in-laws live called Shark Island, and or like Shark Tooth Island or whatever, and you can like go out to it. It's like offshore or something. You can swim out or boat out, and oh, there's a bunch of like rocks on the shore, and sometimes you can find shark's teeth. That's pretty sweet. Mm. Yeah. Make a whole necklace. Do whatever you want with them. If you wanted to. It's very much like a surfer look, if you want to go for the for the surfer look, Jay. Right. Yeah, that's the cool thing about shark's teeth, is you can literally, like, you can do whatever you want with them. Yep. Dime a dozen. You can wear them as a necklace. You can Nothing's illegal if you're using shark's teeth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can put them you on your head. You can, <laughs> you can stab people with them. You can make drugs with them. You can do whatever you want, and it's fine. Nobody cares. Yeah, you can make, like, brass knuckles uh, with some shark teeth. Cops, they'll just turn the other way. Oh, you got shark teeth? That's fine. Go on your merry yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you made some brass knuckles out of shark's teeth, and you're punching someone in the face with them? Okay, cool. You're good. Sorry to have bothered you, sir. <laughs> we could, like, do some oral surgery and replace Stripey's teeth with shark teeth. <laughs> Jack's teeth, that would be awesome. I wonder if that would enhance his bite attack. Or we could replace his claws with shark's teeth. That would be sweet. I've been pitching that we should, like, mechanically or, like, take Stripey to the smithy and, like, have them dip his paws and claws into, like, molten, you know, iron. Yeah, adamantium. He should be a a cybernetic badger. (laughs) Yeah. And if it kills him in the process, it was worth it for the sake of science and research. Right. We just just regenerate him again. We're good to go. Yeah. And and maybe he'll still have the adamantium claws when you resurrect him. (laughs) We won't know until we try. (laughs) That's right. Tokus is like test subject 4C. Uh, it's been a long process. We've gone through 17 badges. <laughs> this is like the 57th time we've subjected yeah, right. Stripey to this torture. <laughs> we've gone through 57 badges in the last month. We think we might be on the verge of something amazing. I've been saying kill Stripey the whole campaign, because you can just summon him back. Mm-hmm. You have. You have been saying that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's like one of the best things about being... Like if I, if I was a class that had pets, I would kill them and resurrect them all the time. <laughs> that's probably good that you don't, then. It's good that you're not, then. It's good that I'm not. But may, maybe next campaign, mm-hmm. maybe I'll be a companion user. You never know. Yeah. I don't, actually, that's a, that's a bad idea. I don't know if I'm like mm. responsible enough yet to have a companion. Yeah. I mean, we, we see what you've done with uh, Petunia. <laughs> that's not a good look. That's true. Yeah. yeah Tokus does not have a good track record. Dude, there, there is a guy... 
Uh, he plays for West Ham, which is a team in the Premier League. And last year, like at some point in the fall, he there are some video leaked online of him like he he has a cat and he was like doing something like tormenting it, like scaring it or whatever, chasing it around the house. And there was so much backlash online that na- even now today, I just watched a soccer game the other day. He was in a they were in an opponent's stadium. Every time he got passed to the ball. And he w- was in control of the ball. The crowd started booing. Oh, like, my gosh. Boo! And then he passes the ball <laughs> away, and they stop. And then someone passes the ball back to him. Boo! Like, that's how, like, wow. relentless... Vindictive the, the, the internet online. is. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So brutal. I mean, was it true? Was it... Was it, it sounds like it perhaps was real animal abuse, though, the way you described it. I haven't seen the footage. Yeah, I think I, w- I watched it. it. Yeah, it was basically he was, like, sneaking up behind his cat and, like, scaring it or chasing it around the house or something like that and he was just like he had mm. friends over or whatever and he was just like being an idiot like doing it as a joke but then it leaked and of course mm. there was a huge backlash about it and now he's the cat guy yep he'll never yeah. live that the down cat torture the scaredy scaring the cat that's right yeah the cat torture man like i need to make sure that there are never videos of me made ever i mean then that, you know, people would find out that i'm not scaring cats right exactly. if people ever found out that petunia was a real donkey you would be in major trouble dude yeah like PETA. Mm-hmm. yeah they'd be on me like mm. yeah but in our heads petunia is a real donkey so think about that yeah I, I was so i was watching i was watching a comedian earlier today and he was saying that the monkey that nasa sent up in the first you know american rocket like why did it need a helmet PETA must have gotten in on this <laughs> right. to make sure that it had a helmet. Because, yep. like, there's no, like, his joke was, it's like, there's no problem with a monkey hitting its head on things. It just becomes more monkey. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, the this location is across to the other side of the desert. Yeah, so we'll have to wait till we get home to investigate that. Exactly. The other side of the... Is it the same desert where we think the scepter might be? Yes. That is the same one. It's the, the great one. The one and the same. Oh. Dude, guys, two birds, one stone. Maybe they hate, Maybe the cold hasn't found it yet. Remember the way Thane described it? It's that massive desert that's so huge that you could run a comb through it for years and never find anything. What if this 20 silver investment now, 15 gold, 20 silver investment... <laughs> what if they are one and the same? What if this is what the cult doesn't have? Mm. What if this is where the scepter is hidden? Yep. Probably. This is the map to the scepter. Yeah, remember because it's in this massive, gigantic desert that only has one thing in it? Yeah, but this is a notable location inside of this massive, unmapped desert. Uh, not that it's unmapped, it's just... Huge guys, we need to follow this lead. I'm saying this might not be side quest, okay? I understand. It might be bigger than that. The DM might have cleverly used this side quest like material to sneak in a major story thing. You have to chew on that, guys. You didn't want to buy the map. <laughs> you shouldn't have taken our advice, and you should never take our advice again if the map proves to be valuable. This is like the same thing with like me rolling Tokus's HP. You guys kept telling me, take the average, and yet, until recently, I was rolling above average. <laughs> right, because that's how gambling works. <laughs> you start hot, and then you, and then all of a sudden, you're like gambling away your you realize, house. Yeah, right. <laughs> yep. All right, well, thanks for your time, El Masha, and your information. It's been very helpful, and we wish you the best in your sagery uh, moving forward. We wish you all the best, Sagery. Yep. And may uh, may the shoulder of the Ramlord always be at your back. Bolster you. Keep your posture. Yeah, may the shoulder of the Ramlord be always at your back. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you know. I mean, th- they don't really know about the Ramlord around here, but that's why I'm here. That's why I came. Well, but that's... We have to learn the language, understand the local worldview and other gods that they worship in this area. And tell them that they're and all we wrong. We need to figure out how we can convince them about the Ramlord versus what they believe. And yep. No, you just bluntly tell them that their closely held beliefs are incorrect. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the best way to go about it. As, well, n- no, no, I don't think so. What, what do they worship in this city anyway? The whole former empire has essentially the same set of gods that they worship. Oh, okay. So we're actually very similar. So maybe they do know about Kavaki. Mm, nobody really knows about Kavaki. Oh, no, no, no. That's a Goliath, Goliath thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Anyway, proselytizing aside, let's see what the, what's up with the caravan. When are we heading out of this, uh, this popsicle stand? It's been a pleasure doing business with you. And if you run across any other interesting maps, be sure to let me know. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Many thanks. Many thanks. Enjoy the gold. 
<laughs> Leaving Lesgash, the trip takes you briefly into the edges of Teve's territory before entering Burdari. This route, though somewhat roundabout, is a common one for travelers to take when moving north to south due to the inhospitable marshes between Lesgash and Tyver. On the third day of travel, you pass by another smaller caravan heading in the opposite direction. They pull off to the side of the road to allow your group to pass by. You do notice they don't appear to have any guards with them, but several of the merchants seem particularly well-armed. As your caravan makes its way past, you suddenly hear shouting from behind you, and you turn to see that the supposed merchants in the other group have drawn their weapons and are attacking your caravan. All right. Those jerks. Oh. Roll for initiative. Uh, we're going to draw a sword. Uh. How rude. Whoa! Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is that a Natty Twanzo? I, like, never crit on this. The Natty Twans. You rolled a critical wow. initiative. A critical <laughs> initiative. Wow. What does the 20 on that die look like? I can't see it because it's blurry in the camera. It's just a 20. Oh, it's like a 20. It's, digi- it's digital. They're oh, like, digital 20. Okay. They're digital numbers. These are my, my Iron Man dice. Alarm clock uh, 20. The dragon scale dice. Nice. Sweet. All right, well, Shaba got a digital 22. Yeah, you also have these dice, don't you? No, it, mine. I have metal dice similar, but the, the script is different. And Stripey got a 3. And Aslo got uh, an 8 with his Anish bone of plus 4. Oh, an Anish bone. Is that like a wishbone? Uh, but better, yeah. Mm. Exactly. Mm. Nice. A little bit tastier. <laughs> like the marrow, you like chew on it. Yeah. It's pretty good. You guys ever enjoyed like goat? Like you go to maybe like a local, you know, Indian restaurant. That's like the best part. I like goat cheese. Goat cheese. But what about, I'm talking like goat meat. Goat milk is awesome. I grew up on goat meat. I ate it almost every day for my entire <laughs> life. <laughs> wow, Shaba, that's pretty amazing. But do you like the marrow? Like, mm, Oh, yeah, there's nothing like sucking the marrow out of a goat bone. It's pretty tasty. Nothing like it. If, especially if you have, like, the right sauce. I mean, I wouldn't want any sauce because I'm tokus after all, but Mm-mm. I bet you probably enjoy that with, like, some nice sauces. Yeah, some goat, nothing like goat meat with goat sauce. <laughs> the best kind of sauce. Goat filet sauce, I believe. Is the best kind. Mm. <laughs> but they're closed on Kavak Day. <laughs> that's right. Unfortunately. Yeah. So you and gotta... that's always when you want it the most. That's right? Always when you're, like, you always want what you it, can't have. And you're like, oh, why are they? Why do they have to be closed? <laughs> just want a spicy goat sandwich and I uh, just can't get it. It's because they respect their employees mm-hmm. and love them. So, DM, give us the lay of the land on this here battle. Your position has always been near the front of the caravan. So the three of you are kind of scattered around the first few wagons. Shaba, you're front on the right. Aslo's front on the left. Tokus is a little bit behind Aslo, maybe 15, 20 feet. And your caravan has moved about halfway past this other group when you get attacked, which means that you turn around and the nearest enemy is something like 80 feet behind you, behind Tokus. And it's just a long train of two dozen wagons all on this road. So they're passing by us in the opposite direction, or are they stationary? They're stationary at the moment. They pull off the road so that you could pass by. Oh, okay. And they have six wagons there. But then they ambushed us. Mm-hmm. And their party is much smaller than ours overall? Yes, but it looks like all of them are armed. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. They have 13 people in the group. Mm. All right. That's yep. a lot of people. 13, and they're heavily armed. Yeah. And they've already started spreading out to engage the few guards that are nearby, and some of them are headed straight for the wagons. Yeah. First one to act is Shava. All right. I shout as a free action. Merchants to arms! Everybody, you're going to have to defend yourselves on this one. There's only so many of us. If you have a weapon or any way to defend yourself, even something heavy, uh, any type of object that you can wield to fight off these bad guys, do it. And then I find a guy who's going toward one of the wagons. Uh, Actually, guys, should we focus the guys who are going toward the wagons, or should we focus the guys who are engaging our guards? I'm going to answer your question in a second, Chavo. 13's a lot of enemies. Thane revealed that they haven't fully spread out. I would want to see if my AoE and or your guys' AoE, this might be the most effective time for it at the beginning of the fight because they're in the process of spreading True. That's true. To answer your question, what do we protect first? Yeah. Do we protect the the goods or the guards? Yeah, so we're, we're, we're paid to protect the caravan? Like, do, do we want the boss to say, good job? 
Well, not really. We want to save lives, don't we? Yeah, I mean, if if <laughs> the merchants are dead, then there's nothing. It took you a really worth. long time to answer that question. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm with you. I think I think we protect the people. Um, okay. But like, so these enemies, like, is there a clean shot for shops? Yeah. How spread out are they? Because I wouldn't want you to waste your lighting shots later in the fight when they're all like individually spread out. Right. Like this might be your moment. Basically, their caravan is in a line just next to yours, and about half of them are still kind of in that line of their caravan. A few of them have already jumped and cut across through your own wagons to get to the guards on the opposite side. Okay. They've got a few crossbowmen hiding behind their wagons and taking shots from there, and the others have various weapons, sword and shield, two-handed swords, axes, and so on. Okay. Surely, Shaba, you could line up an awesome shot. Yes, I have spike growth as well. Mm-hmm. But if a lightning shot seems better, maybe that's the way to go. Each of these wagons has about 15 feet of space that it occupies with the wagon and the horses and the space between. So gauge your distances based on that. They are currently 10 wagons behind Shaba. There's another reason why to do this at the get-go. Don't you have some sort of ranger bonus when you start a fight and you're like the first to act? Yeah, I get an advantage on those who haven't acted yet. Yeah, so this is like an advantaged lightning arrow opportunity that doesn't need to use your Zephyr Strike. True. True. So it's like, you're, you're like very powerful right now, Shaba. I don't know if you realize how powerful you are at the start of the fight. I didn't realize how powerful I was until you laid it out for me. I, I, Good. I really I'm glad didn't. I reminded Thank you. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. You have a habit of reminding <laughs> me how powerful I am when I forget. Uh, and I appreciate it. So what is the best <laughs> way for me to... I've got a, a range of 120 feet to n- knock into as many of these things as I can, people, wagons, whatever, like, wh- how can I, if I'm, if I'm sitting here, Shaba, saying, okay, these, these are bad guys, who we thought were just regular dudes passing the road, by the road, now I know that they're bad guys, I want to cause as much chaos and mayhem in their ranks as possible, do I, like, just walk out and fire down the horses, like, do I just, like, blast their entire train? Mm. I mean, if they're enemies, I guess you could kill the horses or scare them. Like, I'm given that they are bad guys, like, I don't think that now is necessarily the, the time to be an animal rights activist, is what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> how can I do the most damage to these people who are attempting to do the same to us? I would say that you can only move 30 feet with a single move, which only puts you in range of maybe two or three of them. Yeah, but they're going to spread out. You're not going to get two or three easily later. Jay, that was my argument. I mean, you might. Well, I'm saying, like, what if I shoot down the wagons instead of the people? But then again, too, if they're still sort of bunched together, they're trying to spread out and trying to go through the caravan and everything, wouldn't now be the perfect time to cast Spike Growth? We're, like, around them. Yeah, that's... Because in order to get to us, in order to attack us, they have to keep moving. Right. Which would deal a lot of damage. Yeah, that's the other thing. So... Am I better off lightning striking or spike growthing? The other thing is I don't really care about distance that much because I can cast Zephyr Strike as a bonus action and increase my movement speed by 30 feet. So I can move 60 with a single move. Ooh, yeah. If he's Zephyred, yeah, if he, and you don't have to waste the, uh, the, the bonus from the Zephyr Strike, right? You choose right. when to use the advantage from that? Yeah. So you could be super, you could be like the shadow that wanders the glade in the crack of lightning, like Kavaki's lightning. I almost could, yeah. Almost, but not quite. If he got that extra movement, would that affect the shot thing? I'm very excited. I forgot about the movement bonus. Well, it says, you move like the wind. Your movement doesn't provoke opportunity attacks. Oh, okay. It says, I think the movement has to come after the attack, unfortunately. It says, once before the spell ends, you give yourself advantage on a weapon attack. Roll the attack deals an extra D8 force damage on a hit. Whether you hit or miss, your walking speed increases by 30 feet until the end of that turn. So technically, I think I have to attack first huh. before my movement speed increases. I'm going to look that up. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good thing to look up. It does really change things. But still, like, coming out of the gates really strong seems, like, really good for your character. Mm-hmm. And you have several charges. It's a commodity. It's a resource. Yeah. Zephyr Strike's movement increase is only applied after you grant yourself advantage on an attack roll. Can he choose to grant himself advantage on the next attack roll and then move? Or is that when the attack is made? No, because the advantage hasn't actually happened until the attack roll is made. Yeah, everything I'm reading, uh, the text is clear that you must make a weapon attack on your turn to get the bonus speed. Okay, that seems like it. Which, that bonus speed is still relevant here, right? If you, you have that extra bit of movement, you can like 
you could go wide. You could go like you could start to get behind them. Right. So I don't think it's a I don't think it's a waste, and I don't think you're going to be able to easily get multiple guys with the arrow later. But I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, this spike growth play is good too. Yeah. How many of them could I get in the spike growth? It looks like you could probably hit four of them if you positioned it perfectly, but that would put them all close to the edge. Mm-hmm. If you want to have some centered, then you'd probably only get two or three. Yeah. Would he do any friendly fire with the spike growth if we... It depends on where you put it. Right. Yeah. So you could allow for some friendly fire to maybe have a more effective for the enemy's placement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because our people are probably standing still mostly. It's them that's our, that are advancing to us. Except for the archer. Right. Ishaba, why did you have to be walking on that side of the caravan? If you were walking close to me... I know, right? You wouldn't be in this problem right now. <laughs> well, you kind of smell. You haven't taken a shower. That's in true. A lot, and you didn't bathe in honey with me when I asked you to, so... No, I didn't bathe in the honey either, so... Yeah. You do smell really, really sweet. Thanks. Because of that honey bath you took. It's <laughs> a sweet smelling Goliath. Uh, I don't think it's really worth using a lightning shot to um, to get two of them. Yeah. So I'll move 30 feet toward them, and then I'll pick out the closest guy and take a normal shot with advantage because of my ranger bill. And then I'll see how the situation develops and maybe take additional actions later. Um, do I want to cast Zephyr Strike as a bonus action, or do I want to Hunter's Mark somebody? I think I want a Zephyr Strike. I'm going to cast Zephyr Strike as the bonus action on my turn. Zephyr Strike. Zephyr Strike is active. And that is a 19 to hit. That hits. Four. Uh, Eight damage. So Shava turns, spots the enemies drawing weapons, charges between the horses, diving underneath one of the carts. Sweet. Try to get as close as he can. Cool moves. Pull out your bow and take a shot. Hit the one guy who was not expecting to be shot so quickly. He staggers back momentarily and notices you. Wait, wait a second, wait a second. I, I rolled a natty on the Inish, and yet, Shaba, you're faster than me? Yeah, because I rolled a 19, and my initiative bonus oh, is your plus three. dex bonus. Yeah. You're so fast. You are you are some sort of shadow. I am rather dexterous. I'm jelly. I was like, wait, this is like the one time I get to go first. Did I, did I get cheated? <laughs> nope, uh-huh. you don't. And that will end my turn. Okay, Tokus, now it's your turn. Okay. These, these guys are pretty far away, right? How far away is the first enemy from me? Sounds that way. Yeah, how far is the, is the guy shot from me since you said they were pretty far away, right? Yeah, so you moved up, right? Yep. And wait, you did Zephyr Strike, so did you keep moving up the 60? Uh, no, because I it's didn't... It's only once he uses the bonus from the Zephyr Strike does he get the 30. Yeah. I rolled with advantage because of my ranger ability at the beginning of combat, okay, that's it. so I haven't actually triggered that yet. So the closest one to Shapo is about 120 feet. Tokus is about 90 feet-ish. 90 feet. Guys, even if I, like, ran... Even if you long-strided, move-moved, you would still... Misty-stepped. I could move-move-misty. Can't I? That's true. Yep. Yeah, but, like, all I would be doing there is getting up close to our archer buddy and trying to protect them. Just to let him hit you, yeah. Well, I wouldn't even have my reaction, right? Oh, no, I would. Well, move-move-misty gets you 80 feet, and if he's 90, then... He's 90, yeah. Maybe I should just do my normal move and fire-vile the guy you shot. I'm going to do that. Yeah, that's a good idea. Good play. Here we go. Is long stride an action or a bonus action? It is a full action. Okay. It is definitely a good buff before the raid kind of a thing. So I rolled a Mm -hmm. 9 on my d20. So that should be a 13 to hit. 13 does not hit. Sweet Mm -hmm. cripes. And I I calculated that right. I mean, proficiency (laughs) bonus and intelligence. Is it both or just intelligence bonus here? It's both. Should be both. Should be on your sheet. It's both because it's a sixteen, guys. Yes, of it should. It should course. be something that's on your sheet because it's an attack that you do repeatedly. Guys, my <laughs> spell attack bonus is plus six because that's what my sheet says. Yeah. Or uh, plus no, it's a plus seven because I have right. Uh, my intelligence went up. Intelligence bonus plus your proficiency bonus, so that should be plus seven, guys. So that is a sixteen. To my hit. bonus. Yeah, I, I rolled a nine, but it's plus seven. Right. So I've become more of a powerful wizard. We've, we've been over this before. Yes. Right. And we were just over it again yeah. a couple of D- times. Does, 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 does a 16 hit my target? Wait. That's your actual... He got a 16, not a 13. Okay. It changed. So 16 does hit. Okay. Cool. <laughs> and my fire vials are quite potent these days. 2d10. Yes. Glad we got that all sorted out. Wow, I rolled pretty well here. Uh, that is 12 damage. 
Heck yeah. I rolled a nine and a three. Blasted him. 12 damage. That's, That's insane. That's solid. That's a good hit. Yeah, smoked him. He's not looking very happy, but these guys look tough. They've led a harsh life out in here. Well, he's never happy. That's why they're stealing from us. Mm-hmm. You're never satisfied. <laughs> I'm done with my turn. You notice around some of your guards here, there are bursts of this vile-looking green acid that just appear out of nowhere and explode all over. What? They oh, have no. a mage? <sighs> that hits the closest archer and the next swordsman nearby. What are the merchants doing? Did any of them take up weapons, or are they all just cowering like big cowards? The ones that are closest to the actual fight are scrambling for something to defend themselves. Okay. Because they're kind of in the middle of it, can't really do much else. The others are looking confused and scared, and some of the ones in front are trying to run away, just getting their horses to move on. Well, if they're not useful, then, I mean, this is thinking way ahead, but we'll see what happens to the caravan guards, and it might be a, might be a good patterning opportunity. Because it's not going to matter if we pattern the merchants. <laughs> That's true. We have some other forms of AoE. One of us could reach into the pack and grab the Wanda Web. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Wanda Web is good. Wanda Web is g- real good here. I feel like, isn't it? It's yeah. It's pretty much real good. That would give us advantage, wouldn't it? What's the range on that bad boy? What kind of range does that sucker have? Let me tell you, Shaba. I'm going to tell you right now. Tell me immediately. Do it. I dare you. It has a range of sixty feet. Oh, Holmes. What a range on that bad boy. What a range. Don't don't even get me started on the area of effect, okay? <laughs> oh, man, I can't even imagine. 20-foot cube. Hey, don't ruin my fire oh, token. Oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's got a 20-foot cube. Mm. Whoa. That's fairly small considering <laughs> the area this is taking place over. <laughs> yeah. That is a cube. <laughs> if I've ever heard of a cube, that sounds like a cube. It's a very cute cube. Yeah. Because of its size. <laughs> wonder how a web fires into a cube anyway. Yeah. That's a bit odd. It's really more like a sheet when it's not up against the walls and ceiling and everything. Right. Magical. So there's a melee taking place. They're attacking the archers and warriors and dealing quite a bit of damage. And it's Aslo's turn. All right. So Aslo would, in fact, like to use this opportunity to attempt a pattern. Now... He looks up to the sky and says, Oh, great DM in the sky, please tell me what would be the most advantageous way for me to move forward and place a hypnotic pattern. What's the range and size on that? It's 20-foot cube. Range 120 feet. Area of effect is 30-foot cube. Looks like you could probably hit the three who are engaging the swordsmen. Okay. One of the ones who's gotten into melee seems to be particularly strong. It's possibly their leader. Mm. And you could catch him and two of the others, but you would also catch one of your own guys if you did that, and potentially some merchants. Okay. Uh, if you want to only hit the enemies, then I think you could get three of them. Okay. But super strong ones. So three, like, regular enemies, or three enemies where one is a big, strong leader dude, and then some of our people. It also takes one of our dudes out of commish, which is, like, a can- it basically cancels out one of the enemies. Hmm. That's true. True, but that guy looks strong. So it's either you get three regular guys or you get one leader and one regular guy, right? Because if our dude cancels out their dude. Right. Right. But it also makes it so that that swordsman of ours is no longer taking damage since he's knocked out. We're kind of protecting him, actually. I don't think it's purely crowd control. Of note, that one swordsman that's on your side has been heavily wounded by the leader and others, and the acid. Yeah. Well, it's Aslo's decision, Mm. but that's where I would put it. And no, I don't think it's worth taking one of our guys out when we're so heavily outnumbered. Yeah, but he's heavily wounded. Like, let's let's get him out of the fight. He's going to keep fighting. But that doesn't... If if even one of those guys survives it and doesn't get affected, then they just sit there and hack him to death. It's not a sound plan. Right. He's probably already toast. Yeah. Mm. Plus, he's probably already toast. Yeah. I'm going to uh, fire the hypnotic pattern at the three regular guys, thinking that we can handle the leader... In future turns. Mm. So, that's what Aslo's going to do. Yeah. Are you moving up as well? Yeah, go ahead and move up a little bit, right? Because you don't want to be so far away that you're irrelevant from the fight. You could follow me. Yeah, how far am I from everything right now? About 120 feet from the nearest enemy. You need to move up a little bit to drop it. So then I'll definitely move up uh, my, my full regular 25 feet. That makes sure that I'm well within range for the pattern, which is 120 feet. 
I'm just excited there's a pattern happening. I'm not really all that disappointed we went with a different strat. Hypnotic pattern! <laughs> What's What type of save is that? Uh, wisdom save. How wise are these enemy merchants? <laughs> Clearly not very much. Well, one of them manages to succeed, but two of them are stunned by the pattern. Sweet. All right. Got two of them. Now, I think at this point we should ask ourselves uh, a question. What is the end goal of our adversaries? Do they want to sit here and bash us until we're all dead? Or do they want to make off with a bunch of our goods? Do they want to just get a bunch of stuff, tangle with our guards to distract them, and then just run, right? I think it's the latter. Yeah, I mean, I'm curious as to what some of the enemies further away from us are up to. Because if that's what you're thinking, then yeah, they're a combination of pilferers and fighters. Right. This 13. So I don't... I, we haven't ID'd any of the pilferers yet, I don't think. Thane did say that some of them are moving directly towards our goods. Right. So it seems to me like they just sent out frontline fighters to make sure that the guards are occupied while they snatch a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. So then I had the idea of laying down a carpet of spikes between them and us, but if they're not just going to like come after us, that's not necessarily the best idea because it also cuts us off from them. Mm. Well, with the hypnotic pattern he just laid out, we could go deep into their lines and mm-hmm. try to go after the ones that are going after the goods first. They might be squishier, less combat ready. Yeah. We're sacrificing lives either way. Well, that's not necessarily true. Fewer lives might be sacrificed if we kill the attackers first, then go after the stealers. If we go after the stealers first, we preserve the caravan, their money. At the expense of our guards' lives, potentially. Right, and like for me, for Tokus, I don't care so much about their wealth. I mean, they'll be peeved at us that we Mm -hmm. didn't protect their wealth, but I think our prerogative is to protect the guardsmen more so. I agree. Yeah, I fully agree. That's a close second, though. Right. I mean, we got to do our job, but we also don't want to have to cater to the demands of a bunch of spoiled, rich merchants that don't care about our lives. I mean, we we are comrades with these other warriors. I mean, we've seen battle alongside them. They came with us to the troll caves, and, you know, we're brothers in arms. And these aren't just five random NPCs without names. They're five random NPCs without names who we have a bond with. We've fought with. Right. Exactly. One of them has a name. Yeah. And plus, one of them has a name, so, I mean, come on. I don't know what that name is, but he's got one. Uh, (laughs) Hey, you, I forget your name. Runog. It's one of the archers. Runog, that's right. Runog and his four other dudes, our other people, are, we're we're their friends. Yep, they're very near and dear to our hearts. Mm -hmm. They're more important to me than any priceless merchandise. Well, how priceless are we talking? (laughs) True. No, but, I mean, it's not our merchandise anyway, so what do we care? Oh, yeah, bummer. (laughs) So we're at an accord. Yes. Yes, indeed. We protect the guards. We protect the protectors. And they'll help us hunt down the stealers. Yep. Right. So those that are left, the crossbowmen take a few shots. The others are engaging the guards all around you. And you see that the two that hadn't yet fought anyone try to jump into the back of a couple of the wagons. Ah, looting. Wait a minute. We have the perfect thing for them. We were talking about it earlier, Brian. Were we? The wand we could of web. wand of web the stealers. Yes, that's true. Ah, prevent them from making off with the goods. Let's do it. We could trap some of them. You said it's a sixty-foot range, though, so we're gonna have to get a lot closer before we can use it. Yeah, true. Maybe that's my job. Maybe I should go in there and start tanking it up and tangle them up. Yeah, that's the underlying issue with this situation is that we're so far away right now. I could bonus action misty. Yeah, I could like move. Move Misty Web. You get all up in there. I think the first target should be the guy that's not hypnotic, who is fighting the nearest one of our friends. Yeah, that's an archer, right? Is it not? Yeah. Okay, well, it's Stripey's turn next. He's going to move, move. He's going to bolt ahead of me and uh, go up beside, I guess, Aslo. He's going to hit the front lines alongside Tokus, hopefully. Yeah, if he's move-moving, doesn't he go further than Aslo? No, because he was behind me, and then he's moving up with one move to be next to me, and then an- up another move to be by Aslo. Oh, yeah, yeah, You were on the other side of the caravan to start. That's right. Right. I was way down at the front. Way down. 
And Stripey also, while he's running, he puts on his adamantine claws that uh, Tokus fashioned for him. Nice. It's probably hard to run in those things. He, he's gotten used to it. He's, you know, we've been training at the guild hall. So the two guards in the way back start running forwards to engage the group, and the one that's been surrounded and attacked by the leader tries to break off and run away. He's staggering and bleeding heavily. And then we're back to Shaba. I will move up 30 feet, so I'm near Aslo and Stripey. And then one of the guys that got hypnotic, unfortunately, was the guy that I shot before, I believe. So, Well, but recognize I'm going to be moving up myself, so you're not alone. Right. No, it's not so much that. It's it's that um, I don't know if if it's better for me to attack here or not. Uh, Yeah, I think I'll just move up 30 feet, and I will try to attack the other guy by the archer who's... um, not hypnotic. That's not the guy we were shooting originally, was it? No, no unfortunately. Uh, that is a 19 to hit, though. Hits. Pretty good. Fortunate. Yeah. Uh, four, seven. And that'll end my turn. Tokus. So if I was to move and then Misty and Webb, can I get some of the guys that we think are stealers or pilferers? It's a 60-foot range on Webb, so that would be a total of what? Wait, Webb's only 60 feet. Range 60 feet, yeah. Yeah, Webb is only 60 feet away. No, you couldn't get that far. You can reach about the middle of their caravan. It's not worth it. I should save some of my stuff. You could web the leader and the other ones who are attacking the guard that ran away. Actually, might not be too bad. What do you guys think? And this thing has multiple charges, and we're not tethered to a concentration since it's on a wand. It's a very powerful spell to have on the wand. Yeah. yeah. Like, anytime you have something concentration-based on a wand, it seems, like, really overpowered. What do you guys think about that? Move, Misty, I like it. wand of web, that cluster? Perfect. I like that one. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't follow the original plan of stopping the looters, but I think getting a, a good cluster of guys into it is a great idea. Yeah. Um, I'm going to commit to that line. I'm going to move teleport and whip out the wand from the satchel and wand that <laughs> the leader group. Arachnaculus. Arachnitalis. Arachnopolis. So it's on their turn that they make the saves, right? Yes. I uh, conjure blah. Webs are difficult terrain, lightly obscure. Each creature starts that starts its turn in the webs or that enters them during its turn must make a dexterity saving throw. On a failed save, the creature becomes restrained as long as it remains in the webs or until, or until it breaks free. Okay. So I'm going to do that. I have used my free charge of Misty. I knew I'd be using it the second I saw how far away we were. Yeah, it's so good, though. It's so nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm almost in the fray now. I'm one, like, normal move-ish away. Mm, so sweet. Yeah, my character in our uh, bonus campaign on Patreon... Has uh, has Misty step? That's uh, dude. Your character in the bonus campaign. I'm not just saying this. You have a really like. No offense to Shaba. Shaba's all right, <laughs> but I think I think you're the Doctor. The Doctor. Doctor. Lund's What's his Klaub. full name again? Doctor Lunes Club. Lunes Club. He's actually a pretty cool character. And if you guys want to access that content, check out our Patreon. It's a cool way to support our content. If you guys like our content, like, honestly, if you've been listening this long, this is like, what, episode 100 and something? If you've been listening this long, you're already invested. Throw us a shekel and, and check out that extra content. You won't be sorry. <laughs> exactly. Mm. Where, where, what's the URL that they can go to to access that content? Sean Abrams. Patreon.com slash Damage Guild. Boom. Patreon.com slash Damage Guild. There you are. Right there. Go check it out. I like this. We've got some CC going out. This is this is good. I'll mm-hmm. put the wand if I can. I probably can't. I already did my iron interaction to get the wand right. I was going to say I'd love to put the wand back in the pack so somebody else could use it. Just hold it and use and beat someone over the head with it. Use it as an improvised weapon. I mean, honestly, <laughs> for the objective, for the style of this fight, maybe I should just like try to wand of web some other group of baddies and just like keep them from running away. Dude, why not just spam web. Yeah. Seems like a no-brainer. It has how many charges? Six? It's like five I thought it was at least three. Between three and five. Well, let's find that out because... Um, but also question, does the fact that it's a wand, but it's a concentration spell, does that mean you can only have one up at a time? Oh, uh, yeah. Wand has seven charges. And we decided Sweet. last time that concentration simply doesn't apply. So uh, any okay. spells cast from it are permanent until duration ends. Right, but the web can still dissipate or burn or fall apart. Okay, right. So you this can... It's a very strong item for us. Yeah, so you can spam web, but the the as we also learned last time, you cannot dismiss it since it's from the wand. 
Correct. So the, the, it's the double-edged sword. It, it's not subject to concentration, but we also can't dismiss it, as we found out when we all got stuck in the web in the troll cave, <laughs> except for Tokus, and he was left on his own That's running true. after the trolls. Yeah, you guys were stuck in it forever. Here's, Spoiler here's alert for a previous I, episode. Yeah, I, right. I think we've learned from our mistakes... Mostly mm. and debatable. No, no, not that. I try not to and, learn from my mistakes. Usually, <laughs> and, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'll try to spam the web. I think that's a cool strat. I'll see if that will work. Because we've we've had this happen before. The last time, remember with Elbrit, our beautiful dwarf bearded friend. Mm. Um, oh, how could I forget? <laughs> yeah, remember how like we let stuff get stolen back then? We're not going to let it happen because we have sweet magical items that we forget about and then don't use. Yep, exactly. it's all about the mental game that we play in our own heads. Let's keep telling ourselves that. I like it. I'm going to end my turn now. <laughs> so, the first thing that happens is Tokus acid starts exploding all around you. Oh, <gasps> ouch! Absorb elements? Hey! Somehow none of it actually lands. Oh. Uh, wow. We can't tell the source of this acid stuff. We can't see anybody casting spells or anything. You could make an arcana check, or I guess make a perception check to see if you can spot it. You're kind of far away. So. Why don't you do that, Tokus? You're the closest. Yeah, I think I see them. I got a six All right. my roll. I guess so. it's perception time for Shaba. What do my rangery eyes see? Aslo got an 8. Alright. Well, I got a 17 on my perception check. On my rangery perception. Shava, you can see one person who's still sitting on one of their own carts, and they haven't moved. They're not carrying any obvious ranged weapons or anything. So you're pretty sure that if someone's casting spells, that's the most likely one to be doing it. Are they standing on the top of the cart, uh, moving their arms as if conducting an orchestra of arcane power? No, they're just kind of sitting in the front, leaning over the edge. Mm, interesting. So spells with no somatic components. I'll shout out to Tokus. Tokus, the caster! The caster! Bring down the caster! That's what I should go after? Okay. No, I'm just saying be aware that there's a caster up there. You don't necessarily mm. have to go after him if you don't want to. Well, but, <laughs> but, but Shaba, I picked Alder's Knight because they're a really unique type of fighter that's not that vulnerable to magic. Oh, awesome. Well, then go for it, dude. Yeah, I can I can absorb acid. More power to you. It's one of the types of magic spell damage that I can absorb <laughs> with my absorb elements ability. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. One of the bandits manages to escape the web, but you have Ooh, successfully snared the leader who's struggling to get out. Okay. As well as the other one who may or may not break free later. That's a great investment of one charge off a magic item. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. For sure. ROI, baby. Considering we recharge 1d6 plus 1 charges at dawn? Yeah. How about that? Yeah, how about that? It's now Aslo's turn. That comment made me think of the Cash Me Outside girl. Cash Me Outside. How about that? (laughs) Um, I'm thinking that until I get into closer range, it might be good for me to just go ahead and cast a mirror image now. Yeah. So that I am protected once I get up closer. So... I will run up 25 feet and mirror Imagio myself. They say buff before the raid, but you can buff while the raid's going on. That's a rule, too. <laughs> that is very true. Yeah. Sometimes you have to rebuff. Yeah. Sometimes you got to buff buff and buff again. Sometimes you buff after the raid. Sometimes you got to wax on, wax off, baby. <laughs> that is true. Uh, you, you, you don't usually buff after the raid, Brian. <laughs> I mean, you don't, but you don't know my style, okay? <laughs> Just, like, pop all these expensive consumables, like, after the fight's over. <laughs> oh. Just to, like, just just to like show how much money you have in the World of Warcraft. Exactly. <laughs> right. You just uncork a healing potion and just slosh that baby back. Just drink it for the taste, just because it tastes good. <laughs> Dude, Some I heard some story at one point of, like, a guy going into whatever third world country, and there was a cart mm. selling drinks. And so he was, like, paying whatever it was, like, a quarter or a dollar for each of these drinks on a hot day and just, like, cracking them open and just drinking them one after the other while all these, like, poor people watched oh and looked gosh. on, like, amazed that he could afford all of these cold drinks. Wow. It's like... Man, that that's Brutal. really humbling. Yeah, that kind of a story really sticks with you. Mm-hmm. Remembered it all these years because you think about how like anybody who lives in America is like within the richest one percent of people in the world. Mm-hmm. It's true. We're very privileged and often accordingly spoiled without mm-hmm. even realizing that we're spoiled because we're surrounded with other people that are also more or less as rich we're as we spoiled. are. Spoiled, yes. or way more spoiled <laughs> yeah. than we are. So we're like, dang mm-hmm. it, we're poor. Even though, like, we're super rich by world standards. Yeah. Yes. 
So there you go. There's there's your sobering thought of the episode. Your economics lesson for the day. Yep. <laughs> the guards and the bandits are continuing to trade blows and bolts. And it's Stripey's turn. Stripey will run. He'll just book forward. Not catching up with Tokus quite, but trying. No, every, he's move moving, which is going to catch up to me, because I'm doing single moves and right. shooting things and teleporting and wanding. And he moves faster anyway. Yeah. He is faster than me. I hate to admit that, <laughs> but he's not in shiny Rathgontian armor, okay? So balances out, guys. So we're back to Shaba. The one injured or severely injured guard has run farther away oh, and seems to be escaping thanks to the web behind him. And everyone else is now engaged. All right. I'm going to move up a full movement, and I'm going to shoot at the same guy that I hit last turn. And that, ooh, nice. That's going to be a 27 to hit. Almost a crit. That was a 19. Definitely hits. And max damage. 11 nice. damage on him. He takes the arrow. His armor blocks the bulk of it, but he's wounded from that. Okay, and then as a free action, I will wave and uh, try to signal to the guard who's running away, Hey, come over here! Come here! I've got a healing potion for you! Let's get you back in this fight! 